Welcome, everyone, to the AI in Business podcast. I'm Matthew DeMello, Senior Editor here at Emerge Technology Research. Today's guest is Srikanth Manan, Vice President and Global Leader of AI ML Services at Genpact. Srikanth joins Emerge CEO and Head of Research Daniel Fagella on today's show for a candid and productive conversation on what responsible AI practices in transparency and accountability truly mean in terms of practical data governance policies. With new generative AI applications and challenges surrounding hallucinations and misinformation, responsible AI disciplines and workflows are no longer the terrain of PR buzzwords. During his appearance on today's show, Srikanth builds off of Genpak's existing thought leadership in these areas, offering business leaders actionable insights in leveraging these new capabilities for procurement process improvement. Along the way, he explains in depth what these changes will mean for banking and other industries as they become more widespread between enterprises. Today's episode is sponsored by Genpact, and without further ado, here's their conversation. So Srikanth, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dan. Uh, thank you for having me. Been a big fan of you for the last couple of I mean, few years for, for your practical thoughts on AI and its adoption. Been, been a keen follower of you in LinkedIn, so it's my privilege to be on the show, Dan. I was going to say, I feel like we've already had fun conversations through like LinkedIn comments, but now we're going to get it to the next level and dive into some fun topics. And we've got a theme to kick off on, Srikanth, around kind of responsible AI. I mean, you remember half a decade ago, kind of drizzled in as a buzzword, you know, everything kind of ethics, you know, is kind of hot. Nobody wants to have a PR gaffe and say the wrong thing. So it was thrown in as a buzzword, but now it has a lot more teeth. I feel like generative AI has made uh, sort of responsible AI a bigger term. From your vantage point and sort of the work you guys are doing at Genpact, what are the trends and challenges for making responsible gen AI a higher priority for enterprise leaders? Let me explain. I mean, first, let me start with, you know, is responsible AI a new theme? No, it is not. It has been, it has been existing for ages ever since I think statisticians started building the model development, right? It is as an AI practitioner, we always had uh, the notion of the model we are building, the model output we are building has to be responsible, has to be ethical because it was onus was on the data scientist to make it happen. With democratization of AI in the last, say, five plus years, with all the tools coming into the market where you can drag and drop and do a regression, uh, regression, uh, uh, you know, regression problem or a decision tree problem, what has happened is people, people are, people have approached AI as, you know, okay, step one, step two, step three, okay, step four, done. But. And, and especially with Gen AI, the, the, everybody's talking about AI today, right? I mean, uh, everybody's using GPT-4 and we're all wired to think that any output we are seeing on the screen is, 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 uh, is deterministic and it is real. But not, not when, when the, when the model is through an AI or the output is from an AI. So what happens is when you when you when you right now you're playing with the fire right you are playing with the fire you need to have the right uh, right gloves right attire to, to deal with the fire and that's what this responsible AI is all about right so how do you now take that entire uh, you know when you're doing a uh, when you're doing an AI problem 
you always had a responsible ai in a data layer or a model layer right i mean whether you were you were looking at okay data the right data have you mastered the data etc and then you are looking at a model and when you are doing that development of the model with generative ai it has become more and more you know uh, complex because you have a data layer you have a foundation model layer you have a fine tuning layer and then you have a you have a consumption layer and all four layers requires to be uh, to be stitched through through a responsible ai angle what i meant by responsible ai today right if you look at responsible ai uh, you know you have the way we look at responsible ai are through eight pillars eight pillars of uh, you know responsible ai one domain infused business metrics evaluation that means are you are you looking at the right metrics when you are developing a model and what is the what's a business wants from a from a model and have you have you incorporated that that's no one fairness and legal compliance basically you are looking at from an ethical ethical standpoint your legal uh, your legal standpoint and also your model regulatory board certain certain functions like banking has regulatory board and how you complied with those regulations that's two three interpretability and explainability what it means is moving away from black box to more transparent box where you are your models are explainable you can interpret you would know how that model is if you are predicting an outcome that outcome has to be explained in a way the business understands so that there is no gray area four data and model pattern change mitigation right when your data changes what happens because your data is not going to be consistent as a new data comes your model is going to behave very differently how do you how do you mitigate those changes through statistically or machine learning through machine learning techniques then comes reliability and safety how how reliable and how safe are your model privacy and security how do you look at uh, you know how secure your models are how are you looking at how how are you how are you making sure that models are not exposed beyond beyond a certain point autonomy and accountability you need to know who owns the model today who has developed the model who owns the model so when you make the decision and when you are making a prediction you know where this this is coming from and who owns that in your enterprise that model and the last but not the least it's a traceability the reason for the traceability is if i'm if i'm giving a uh, if i'm predicting somebody that he's go uh, i if i i mean maybe a better example if if i'm going to uh, look at a loan application form and rejecting a loan today to an individual i need to make sure that this model which predicted the predicted no to this loan application is being traced back and and made that accountable so that every so that the decision is is valid and there is an accountability on that and you need to trace back to the model so the challenges when you see this all these has to be today has to be integral part of every solution we make and that's how you make it make it robust right because in the end it's easy to go into a chatgpt chatgpt or a bard and type a question and you get an answer but when you are using it in enterprise it's a very different it's a different ball game and you have to make sure these guardrails of eight blocks which i explained has is put in the data layer 
foundation model layer, prompt layer, and the application layer. That's yeah, it, it, there's there's so much to dive in here. Here, I mean, I, I I've got two short questions or comments. One is when you talk about assessing it at those different layers, as Gen AI sort of uh, maybe involves more of that, a bit more complexity than than some previous ML applications. What does that look like? Does that look like sort of the folks who understand responsible AI conceptually and the folks who understand AI technically looking at each model uh, or each layer sort of individually when it comes to building out an application of this kind? I mean, what does the application of these principles look like in, in practice for you? So if you look at the, if you look at the, okay, let's dissect into the four layers, right? When you look at the data layer, you look at the client requirements in understanding, you know, whether they need, uh, you know, uh, anonymization of data. Is there a PI, PI information? What am I using in the right variables for the right prediction? Or, uh, you know, it, all, all of these comes into the data layer. Layer and you can control today in the data layer, right? I mean, you can you can actually control your your variables in your data layer. Now comes to the foundation model. Uh, you look at foundation models, which are you are looking at whether it is an open source models or you are looking at uh, you know any other uh, you know closed source model like Anthropic to to Open AI to Bard to, to Palm to to all that. You you need to select the right right foundation model for your right use case depending upon what data has been exposed to that particular particular uh, foundation model and you could do that third you look at a prompt engine prompt prompt and how do you control the 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 uh the response of the prompts uh, that we are getting from the foundation model by infusing your own data. Basically, bring your own data with the world learnings is what you're doing in your in your prompt layer, right? And how do you control that using using uh, using prompts? For example, I, I want to make sure that if I am prompting for a certain 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 specific answer, how do I control that? Maybe I may not get the prompt in the right when the when the first time but i may have to iterate maybe a couple of times or three times but out when i when i perfect my prompt and that and in that it is it is it's absolutely clear what is prompting doing right you are actually questioning the problem and breaking the problem into multiple parts right and then then you're 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 forming the question part of the questions you are actually now looking at your client requirement okay my client has said that the answer should not be biased towards a certain certain type of society, or this should not be this particular uh, a section of crowd should not come, or this particular function should be omitted from the response. And how do I look at that prompt? You know, control that in the prompt is what I'm doing in the in the prompt engineering or or fine tuning of LLM. In the app layer. You need to make sure the securities of what you're what you're exposing from from uh, uh, from your prompt engineering passed onto the app layer, and the user has the ability not to twist or not to change some of the responses in a, in the right way, so that you are not exposed, you are not in, you are not creating a false outputs. Huh. So, depending on the use case, sort of type whatever you want level prompts may not be the game we want to play. It might be sort of select one of these two or three buttons, and those buttons are a very specifically structured way of doing the prompt so that there there isn't the freedom to steer off course. Am I picking up what you're putting down? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, done. 
Cool. And, and it, it also dawns on me on some level uh, here, Srikanth, but as we move into our next question, that maybe not every use case is sort of the best fit for Gen AI. You know, you'd mentioned sort of the interpretability of a loan decision. I don't know if purely conjuring from the abyss of an LLM sort of do we say yay or nay uh, to, to, this, to this loan application, whether it be, you know, we're talking about um, a financial loan or we're talking about underwriting someone for insurance. I'm not sure if that's the best name of the game for interpretability writ large. There's a lot of other applications in that space that have been around for eight years or so, some of which are maybe a little bit more interpretable in their nature versus purely conjuring it out of a, a large language model. It, it seems like part of the decision-making is also where and if Gen AI is the right tool for, for this job. Is that a safe thing to say and a safe skill for leaders to understand? Then, if I may, uh, if I may understand your question, you're asking if are we force spreading Gen AI everywhere? Well, no, no. What, what I'm what I'm getting at is, yeah. Do, does it make sense for leaders to know when Gen AI is the right data or AI oriented hammer for the job that we're doing? Because maybe it's not always the right fit in some regards as well. Correct. So then, it's it's important for every leaders in the enterprise to understand. What are the six or six abstract capabilities? We call it as at atomic capabilities of uh, LLM, right? It can summarize, it can search, it can classify, it can uh, it can cluster, uh, cluster, it can generate, and it can search, right? And if you if you keep this six capabilities of a large language model in, in your mind, and that as the anchor around you looking after the use case, okay, I am looking at a process. Which is take which has a 10-step process for a procurement process. Now, in the step two, my, my analyst is looking at a 500-page contract document and spending an hour or two to uh, get certain information out, and he's manually spending time. And I would want to look at okay, this is a what he's looking for a summarization. Okay, he's looking yes. for he's actually searching for a certain content and looking for a summarization. Perfect fit. Once so your you know first exam first deal pass second you look at you look at oh is how many analysts are working today are there one analyst or is going to be a ten or twenty analysts doing it because you need some sometime at at first that's important in ROI also because doing that for one analyst versus a twenty analyst the ROI is very very different for the use cases to start with okay you will look at okay my 20 analysts are working on on a document and looking at that document every day two hours it's it's easy for me to create a search and summarize solution on top of the year and and hook it onto the erp and give it to him and do for him to consume consume so some of these things i think you want to make it your 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 to go take a simple route and looking at the abstract capabilities of llm and apply it in your in your in your in your enterprise in a in a two access manner which is what's your implementation uh, compl implementation complexity versus the value generation the reason for implementation complexity is because you need to make sure that gen ai is is consumable to 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 the to the low to the every analyst or every anyone who is working on the floor today that means he needs a ux he needs he needs to consume it and it has to fit into the legacy system without disturbing the apple cart one how do you look at how do you look at hooking a gen ai solution to your legacy system without disturbing the apple cart that's number one number two 
how what's the value generation right i mean how many how many hours are you saving how many what you have been you are getting the getting the uh, getting a process smarter what are what is the value you are giving to the client and the in the end it's all about customer experience dan i mean I, i would hate to say it's productivity it's about making your customer delighted with with these solutions Yeah and I think stratifying it across those two axes is useful and I wonder if you and I catch up in you know 2 or 3 years if uh we'll go from this level of let's sort of put a gen ai layer on top of the existing enterprise kludge of it to eventually the the very beating heart at the center of those applications actually being closer to ai and data right we're not quite there yet uh we we haven't we're not ready to upset the apple cart just yet uh srikant to your point but i do think as these applications become more and more capable we will eventually get there but obviously step 1 we want to get some value here i want to get into a couple examples because i know that um uh, responsible ai is again gone from being kind of hypothetical with maybe few scarce you know examples people could think of to you know some pretty big ones you know samsung workers had put some private information into kind of more of a public llm and got got in a little bit of trouble for it you know zoom got in some had some backlash for sort of using user conversations as part of their training data without sort of asking for it in in a way that was i guess transparent enough for those individual users when you think about some use cases where using a framework of this kind and really thinking through responsible ai is crucial what are those for you because i know it's not everything some things maybe we don't need astronomic amounts of certainty or or sort of protection of data but in others we do what are some examples that leaders should think about okay so that so let's take an example of uh, of the banking industry right uh, while preparing annual credit reviews bank analysts not only compile and analyze massive data set but they must also make sure they adhere to a host of regulatory guidelines so if you look at responsible generative ai frameworks today what do they what do they do it it helps stakeholders build the right monitoring tools that ensure regulatory alignment which can be tedious at large volumes of premises of uh, regulatory guidelines to aggregate vast volumes of documents right now with with the u- usage of la- large language model the solution which we have facilitate data extraction and test segmentation for contextualized data analysis and summarization so if you look at our our framework which i explained to you to today is embedded with the components like ai governance metric machine learning reliability inspector data privacy assessor and so on so forth so such uh, responsible ai frameworks and creating assets around it and and embedding that assets in your solution allow the bank analyst and other stakeholders to take informed decisions confidently and efficiently got it so here's an example where uh, thinking through in previously you'd mentioned kind of those four layers thinking through those four layers in earnest would be essential in that particular use case what are what are some others for you it could be any industry that's interesting for you but i think it's it's cool for people to think through some analogies in their own business what are some other fun examples where getting this right really matters what we are saying in uh, right now in our conversation with clients are mostly with the banking because because it's been regulated they really want to know more about responsible ai responsible ai right but as we get into consumer healthcare you know high tech i mean manufacturing clients i mean all they want to do is okay my prompt should not you know can you stop hallucination 
right? I mean, step because they're just getting into this responsible AI mode. Uh, they're okay if even if even the answer is slightly wrong here and there because there is always a human in the loop. But here in the banking, especially, you can't take a risk because there is a model governance board in right there watching watching you whether yeah. you are taking the right decision. That's why I brought in the banking example. Uh, because uh, because that you know because rest everywhere it's a it's a part and part it's a small part of it okay can you make my data being uh, not being exposed to the to the to the to the entire llm right that's number one can you make sure that uh, there is no uh, no biases on skin right skin the skin there you know skin there so it's it's very it's a very in pockets not not in a very holistic fashion that i'll be very honest yeah yeah so well this is great to hear because you guys are working with so many of the fortune 500 it's no surprise and and this is what we see too the highly regulated industries happen to be the ones that care the most about this kind of stuff. So financial services, top of the list, because they're not only highly regulated, they're relatively digitally mature compared to, let's say, a manufacturing company of the same size. We're seeing a little bit of interest in the kind of healthcare life size space as well in terms of what um, responsible AI looks like or kind of staying within regulatory bounds kinds of looks like. Do you see that as a possible next frontier where enterprises are going to care more and more about this? Or what's the the sort of next industry wave that might really add some teeth to this this governance and ethics conversation because okay i think i think i think uh with with generative ai coming in and uh, you know the consumption barrier we always had a consumption barrier in in in, in ai right i mean it always lied in a in a in a in your showcase somebody did a prediction model it is never put in production and we always we always had our, our saying why is ml ops not moving why is this ai at scale not happening why is enterprises not adopting an ml ops framework but i think with generative ai that's problem is also getting solved because everybody wants to consume now ai right i mean and i always believe there are two types of ai people in every enterprise now uh, enterprises now either you are an ai developer or you are an ai user Right, and because because AI user is somebody who's ready to consume AI, but uh, uh, with an understanding that it is a not a deterministic output. I still need to apply my judgment to before I consume the output. Hence, that 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 training and the, that change management has to be constant for the next next five years or a decade. So, because entire world needs to understand consuming AI means you are consuming non-deterministic output, which which comes with caveat, right? And then obviously AI developers. The AI developers obviously you will continue to see two types of people. One who is going to use out of the box tools and quickly creating rapid prototypes and all that but the research uh, data scientists also will remain the same because they need they are the ones who will control these hallucinations or control the control the right outputs being made so that it becomes easier for citizen data scientists so in my view uh, responsible ai is going to be the theme for you know for now from from now and to for the for the for the next decade or so, where till we normalize responsible AI part of our part of our life, because today if you look at it, I take a Google map and I say I want to go from point A to point B. 
I still apply my judgment saying that, oh, maybe the, the, the route which Google is saying will, will be cramped. I may look at an alternative alternate route. We need to get that thinking into, into our, into our, into our enterprise usage, right? So I think it has to be a top down push, you know, where leaders start talking about, yes, AI is great. But AI has to be handled carefully. AI has to be come with guardrails, and 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 having a robust, responsible AI practice enable will enable right governance, reusable prototype delivery system, efficient operating rhythms, strong change management muscles, everything in the enterprise, and that will also help in the prioritization of the use cases. Now, one thing, Dan, I'll tell you is when you look at responsible AI, you also you also need to know as an enterprise, what do you stand for in the in the society today, in the world today, right? What's your what's your uh, value statement today to the to a, to a, to, your, to the world? For example, Genpact has relentless pursuit for a world that that works better for us. That means we are we are we are in a relentless pursuit. Similarly, you will have all your value statement, and that value statement also has to be plugged into responsible AI, saying that okay, I am I am I'm standing up for LGBTQ today, or I am standing up for you know unbiased today. I how I need to make sure that's 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 part of my decision making that. Hmm. So there's two sort of big takeaways jumping to my mind. One here as you're speaking, um, is this notion that, yes, we need to find some way to be able to bake whatever the company's values, company's mission is into our core LLMs. If we're using this for big strategic decision-making, can we make sure that in general, those outputs are bent in the direction of what we stand for, what we represent in the world? And again, maybe it's not a political cause. Maybe it's just a a value or or maybe it's an impact that you want to have or whatever the case may be. But is that stuff true to the enterprise. And then secondly, you had mentioned getting a whole enterprise worth of human beings used to the fact that this is not a deterministic system. This is a probabilistic system because that's a totally different way of doing things, right? We went from no internet to then having the internet and, oh, we can send messages all the time to each other. And wow, this is very interesting and different. I click this button, it sends this email. You know, now everybody's using software tools. Everybody's gotten used to deterministic software tools. You know, like, oh, I sent the email at five o'clock. I click the button, it's going to go out at five, guys. If it doesn't, something's wrong. Um, that, that's, that's Gmail. That's every, everything that I use in, in the enterprise more or less. Now there's this shift towards, uh, probabilistic and, and that's a major cultural shift. I want to check in on one thing you said before we get into our closing question around kind of leaders that might want to adopt this stuff. You would, you would brought up that, uh, yeah, there's this kind of overall big picture, everybody wants to be a consumer, you had said, I think was the framing. And I think, yes, to your point, I remember eight years ago, all the the early round of AI companies raised money. There were like one or two companies that raised a hundred million. Wow! Right now, there's five thousand companies that raised three thousand or something by our count. Um, so uh, they they all came out there and they wanted to just revolutionize underwriting, revolutionize customer experience, and they weren't thinking about how hard it is to make those changes. To your point. People didn't want to receive. They didn't want to consume. They don't want their processes overhauled. What you said is that now people want to be a consumer. Do you mean by that um, that you're seeing more end users, let's say, in the call center, in an underwriting department, in you know, a warehouse somewhere, actively saying, man, AI looks really neat. I want to use it? Or are you seeing people who uh, 
maybe have had some experience with it and now they want more of it. When you talk about that pull from the consumer side, that was interesting to me. What are you seeing in the world? Because I feel like that's an important force. Let's look at the call center example, right? I mean, you, I mean, me being in a call center ex- executive, if I, if I know Dan is, if I get to know, if I'm getting an incoming call and my incoming call says, Dan is calling me, right? And if I'm able to predict why Dan is calling me from, from the past interactions and everything and get all the details of, you know, some kind of prediction of why should be, why is it Dan calling me today? Is it because of my, okay, he just opened an account. Does he have a query about the account or does he have, or, or is it his checkbook, has a checkbook being, uh, being uh, dispatched or did, did his ATM card get delivered, right? So you could get these statuses and I could call Dan, hey, Dan, are you calling me because your check, you haven't received your ATM card? You know, that creates a customer delight, right? So now for me as a call center executive, if I can get as the call coming in, if I have a system to go and fetch this information from the day, from the, from, from, from the data and give me a prescription saying that, okay, probable reason why Dan is calling and probable answer for, for you to we are to status okay his checkbook his ATM card is dispatched on as of yesterday or or you could give him the even the the uh, the your courier number which is which is to track to track the parcel that's customer delight for me for me that is that's where you know we want to get to and and if you look at it if, if I can give that that kind of an assistant to agent assist to to a call center executive that's what we're talking about Dan and and I think people are looking for that enterprises are looking for that those are the use cases we are actually embarking on that if that resonates with you no it it, it does I I think um this wave of generative AI and chat GPT obviously being the great catalyst has made this stuff digestible to people. You know what I mean? Every AI platform you and I both remember, you know, even going back a decade, uh, we make it so you don't have to be a data scientist. You, everybody would always say that kind of thing, but but that doesn't mean people want to consume it. I guess what you're what you're saying is there's motives that make people want to consume it. Obviously, customer delight being a big one, and I think there's so much room for improvement. We could have a whole separate conversation of just customer uh, uh, experience impact. But I want to wrap up this conversation. Getting leaders to think about how to get started on responsible AI is kind of part of business strategy. I think that it it's it's obviously not something you go handle in a dark corner. It's something that can be kind of baked into where we're going as a business. If you're talking to leaders who are, again, beginning that journey, they, they want to win with AI in the market, no doubt about it. But they want to do that in a way they know will be sustainable, that's in line with governance, that's, that's going to be ethical based on whatever their legal parameters, their industry, whatever. What are some of those bits of advice for that executive crowd, Srikanth? So if you look at uh, if you look at today our uh, you know the the entire responsibility when we are talking to our uh, our customers and our leaders in in, uh, in this space we look at we look at from a three three major major angle one is we tell them that as you are embracing AI and Gen AI have a responsible AI vision and strategy for your 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 enterprise that is at the company level you at the enterprise level have one responsible ai vision and strategy that means you could champion the ROI ecosystem you have to curate an ai mind map you have to top down an ai cultural management etc etc then 
convert that into methods and tools right you have to create policies and frameworks you know on what's the rai principle when you to evolve to to all your vision and strategy when you are realizing your strategy you create rai principles generative ai regulation principles industry policy alignment uh, look at uh, uh, model risk management risk governance impact assessment explainability toolkit biasness and fairness detector data privacy assessor all these you need to have as a method and tools for me i i call this as tactical then the third layer which is at the bottom which will be an implementation roadmap that means you need to set up a governance body you need to govern you need to have a race metrics for your governance you need to have a management control systems you need to have a targeting operating model and your complete monitoring on predictive ai and generative ai procurement and build and build and deployment and now you also need to be cognizant of about your local policies your country policies your county policies etc etc and you need to have those personas embedded in your in your governance in your race in your in your race team uh so we actually go from so all our so what one piece of advice one piece of things which i tell uh, and one more thing which i'll tell our client our clients is you know your generic attribute like as the maturity of the negotiation to niche factors as such as responsible ai from frameworks thorough assessment of the in house faculties and their effectiveness in the context of gen, gen ai landscape is required get a hold of the system and then create the policy because you have to create a policy now now it's the time is now because before you start consuming ai in your enterprise Yeah then I guess as a closing thought you've brought up some of the building blocks and elements that a leader's going to have to think through. I happen to know from enough of these conversations that it very much is a is a team sport to sort of make that real, right? Because sometimes, you know, an AI strategy can get doodled up and it doesn't make its way down into the product lines or into, you know, different business functions or or whatever the case may be. In terms of a closing note, you know, we've we've got uh kind of tools and key decisions to make and you know the 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 wait and see time for AI is probably past it's probably time to start moving forward and and be a mature organization even if you know we we think this is even in the case of of mid market never mind sort of the bigger guys let's say we've got a leader they're hell bent on building these things that maybe they're even able to get the right people in the room what does it look like to disseminate and press into that to eventually get it to kind of mold the business to become more more um grounded in these ideas as opposed to having them stay in the excited C-suite or some excited department that sort of wanted to draw them up what does it look like to make them real what should leaders take away as key lessons there i think i think it's a i mean continuous continuous education and empowerment uh because once you once you create the policies i think it's a the the like i said not every uh, like you also rightly said right we are wired to think that everything you we see is deterministic and not probabilistic right so with that mindset once you once you have the government once you have your core team identified as a team 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 the you know it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a team sport and have that guidelines and the principles uh, uh noted down and created 
it's important that 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 governance committee pushes for example you have you have a data scientist team working for your hr function you have a data scientist team working for your your finance function how do you do you do you educate them enough to say listen this is our company's responsibility ai principles today your model development has to be in the context of this make sure this is this is incorporated and have a mechanism to review these models on a periodical basis it's like in any auditing you do in your company you do a company auditing on your financial statements etc etc so soon there will be a responsible ai audit coming in for every model you ship you ship you make decision there has to be an audit which is okay which will come with a check okay have you checked ethics have you checked legal have you checked their fairness who's are you who's uh, who owns the model is the model being traced uh, how many versions of the model being stored so with that checklist it becomes and then the government i mean there will be a bit of change management resistance in in, in the start with but But once you get into the rhythm, it becomes a part of an audit. Today we are we are used to a finance audit, right? I mean, finance auditing to for our statement. Similarly, I think the the days are going to come where there will be a responsible AI audit for every model you build today in your enterprise. Yeah. All right. So take home lesson for the the listeners here for me is sort of. If you don't have an accountability mechanism and if you don't have a process for making it real when things push their way into deployment or maybe get close to that line then all these documents are very nice but they're not going to be real. So Srikant, I appreciate the the reality check for the folks who are tuned in. We went a little bit into overtime but we unpacked a lot of very good stuff and I'm very pleased I finally got to riff with you myself and have a great conversation. So thanks so much for being here with us today, Srikant. Thank you, Dan. I hope hope I covered everything you wanted. Absolutely. For even more with Srikanth in the nexus of data governance and responsible AI practices, don't forget to check out the white paper linked in the description of today's episode on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It should be an easy link. If that's not working for you, you can also go on to Emerge's social media accounts, specifically LinkedIn and Twitter for today's episode. A link to that white paper will be provided in the comments of both social media posts. You can also search for the white paper on Google using the same title as today's episode to find it. And that title is Creativity and Constraints, a Framework for Responsible Generative AI. If you search that and GenPact, you should be able to find the white paper in a simple Google search. Three options you can't lose, and hopefully <laughs> the description and the link works first. On behalf of Daniel Figella, our CEO and head of research, as well as the rest of the team here at Emerge Technology Research, thanks so much for joining us today, and we'll catch you next time on the AI in Business podcast. Podcast.